everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk episode 783, recording today on the 13th of December 2023 as we head into Christmas period. I guess this is the Ides of December, if there's such a thing. I was watching, the only reason that comes up, I was watching a really interesting series, documentary series about the rise of Julius Caesar, who was one of the first dictators. Very interesting stuff and it applies to a lot of current world situations. It's the real playbook of how to, how to be a dictator, effectively. And I did not know, but uh, the Ides of March did for him. Hopefully the Ides of December won't do for us. Uh, although I did have a slight technical issue. But uh, anyway, this is um, Sonic Talk. We talk all things music technology, uh, podcasting, uh, recording, synthesizers, drum machines, software, doors, live production, all kinds of stuff that sort of surrounds the world of music creation and performing and that sort of stuff. So welcome one and all. want to say thanks very much to Wagyu. I think he's back on form. He's been under the weather for the last couple of weeks. He's back and actually in and joining in uh, in the IRC where he moderates to keep the, uh, keep the trolls out and also to uh, man the controls behind the scenes because we've got some clever stuff that cross posts everything between Twitch, Facebook, YouTube and IRC and Discord. That's right, Discord. I think I've got have I got a button for Discord? Yeah, there we go. If you want to join our Discord, that's the place to go, by the way, because uh, it's open. You know, just need an invite. There's a bit of a community going on there, as ever. Yeah, and I should mention we've also got... Um, uh, an Osmos competition. I said we were going to be running this. This is really exciting. We've actually been given an Osmos or donated. We're not given. It's not here. They'll post it anywhere in the world to the final wow. winner. I'll just press if I press that and then I think if I post this, it should give you the link. The link is there. Uh, it'll go to the show notes. I launched it today. Already had a lot, as you can imagine, a lot of entrants. Um, but yes, there will be an Expressive E Osmos up for grabs. Can't believe it that they've gone for that. Thank you so much Expressive E. Um, that ends on the 20th of January because obviously it's quite a big one their second uh, runner-up prize of their software suite as well and while I've got your attention, um, <clears throat> a couple of things. Uh, next week will be the last show before Christmas. Uh, I, uh, we're taking a couple of weeks off. I don't know if I'm back on the second or not, because uh, it might be a little bit too soon. Not sure. But in the meantime, Boxing Day, I've got an interview with Con Rasso of Tune Global, who is a sort of a guy who runs the nuts and bolts behind uh, global streaming services, similar to Spotify, not for Spotify, but for sort of smaller, more independent things. It still requires the same sort of technology. Quite a fascinating chat. That's on Boxing Day. Uh, there's a premiere up for that. And also on New Year's Day, if you're uh, conscious <laughs> and able to think, uh, I've got an interview with Jessica Powell from AudioShake.ai. Uh, um, and we'll have to talk a little bit about that later. Uh, she's the CEO, and it's just uh, another interesting thing about stem separation. Audio separation is their game. And those are the two sort of uh, bits that I've got lined up. Anyway, that's all the housekeeping out of the way. Let's say hello to our guests. Let's start over here with Mr. Robin Vincent, who's the there in the Christmas shed. It looks like that you look like you're in the archetypal elf shed, the shed where presents are wrapped and boots are made and things like that. But it's it's more modular, I suppose, in your department. How are you, Robin? It is. I'm not too bad, thank you, sir. It's uh, it's sort of cold and wet and horrible out this way. And also, somebody seems to be pulling down a shed just outside, so that might oh, be no, not yours. Being a nice background environmental uh, sound for us. Uh, but no, otherwise good. Um, 
Yeah, no, I try not to think about the stuff that's behind me. I just like to focus on what's in front of me. What's in know? front? Well, that, that's very, yes. how very professional of you. Uh, speaking of what's in front oh, of you, what, uh, what, what, what is in front of you for uh, upcoming Christmas? Of course, uh, Molten Music Tech is your weekly and monthly, well, I mean, you've, you've got yes. a lot of stuff lined up. What's coming up? Uh, well, at the moment, I've just finished a, a video on the bullfrog, of which this is a voice card. In oh, fact, yes. I can, do, I can do better than that if I don't pull my headphones off. There we go. Look, check this out. Right. So this is the voice card that I have now put together. Uh, I have to I hold it up a bit. Oh, yeah. camera? oh you made your own? Oh, and back a oh, bit my. to get it in focus. So you look at the state of oh, that. Wow. <laughs> wow. What does it do? So that, well, it's called Cosmic Warble. And I plug it into the bullfrog and it just goes like ape crazy, as it were. Right. And, uh, and you made that one. It's a lot of fun yeah yeah so you just it comes with a couple of blanks like this fella here and all you do is plug wires in to where you want to the where you want oh, the patch so it's like to go so you're, you're mirroring your patch yeah you're mirroring your patch onto the card and then you can take all the cables out stuff this in the slot and it works as as it was when it was patched as it were so it's a brilliant thing i really enjoyed that aspect of it as much as anything else i have to say that sounds brilliant. everything so should you... have that excellent so that'll be coming up soon can you can you put electronics in it some mod it's not just point to point can you put something in between the wires to make it do something unique as well you you can in fact there's a there's a space at the top here which has got uh certain components you can some of them are marked out so there's like a a space for a mixer you can stick in a chip and a bunch of resistors and stuff in order to generate a mixer there's also an inverting exverting um what's the opposite to inverting i don't know uh uh, averting non-inverting there we go that's of course a sensible word uh thing over here so yes there are components that you can stick in which are ready neat it's already made for it but that's a little bit outside of my scope at the moment and the scope All of right. most people but there are posher cards that they have one for instance that does sampling they've got one which is a sequencer one which is a a high pass filter stuff like that so you know interesting additional things to add to what is otherwise quite a basic monosynth there you yeah, go that's, that's a review in a nutshell nice one uh, and we didn't have to pay for it either fantastic we haven't got a copy <laughs> so what what else are you uh have you got a, a, mod, a molten modular monthly uh coming up uh before christmas or is it your next one next year before christmas i think before christmas will be uh will be hard work if i can if i get like if everybody else is is asleep i'll maybe try to do something between christmas and new year maybe that would be a a, a worthwhile morning of my time or something of that nature otherwise sod it we'll leave it till january i think Good no one you. will mind no i don't think so I, I i mean this is this is unlike me to have stuff actually prepped and scheduled ready to go in between christmas and new year i've done it before i think we used to do <laughs> um uh, Q and A's. Uh, we did. We did a whole session of those, didn't we, Gaz? We did the. Was it the um, three big questions? I think we did uh, every day between Christmas and New Year one year. But that was quite a challenge. Uh, Gaz Williams, of course, the other guest on our show, <laughs> a music technologist and YouTubist. How are you, Gaz? Yeah, good. Thanks. Really good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, yeah. Good. Excited. I've been um, busy with Steve Davis. Actually, we've just have been. We're prepping our. Our, uh, our first album for the launch for our label, Ooh. label which is exciting. Uh, and that's been really interesting. We've um, been going back over old jams that we've had. Well, in fact, uh, we've been going to 
specific dates. We've done lots over the over the last few years. So we've been, ah, yes, and, the damson from twenty one was particularly good. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really yeah, it's quite fun, and it, it is that quite interesting uh, dilemma that when you ha- when you just do like sort of just pure freeform improvisation, the actual editing part of it is um, can be quite challenging. Like you can be listening to something, and like for the first few minutes, you it's just trying to make something happen. And then it starts to happen. You go, oh, it's getting good now. So you cut that front bit off and you take that bit and it's not as good without the uh, voyage <laughs> to get there. So, and actually, you know, it, you know, when you're thinking it's good, it's only sort of kind of good in a relative sense to what it was before. But actually we found this to be quite, um, it's been a really enjoyable process. We spent a few, a couple of days doing it first day we were just like kind of like listening and making notes and then the second day editing and steve came up with an interesting idea and that was sort of like um because the because they're improvised pieces that we just do fast edits and almost treat it like improvised edits as well so rather mm. than it's a way to try and avoid that you know, endless editing, endless, uh, you know, tweaking. And um, so sort of just acting on instinct and, you know, being driven by, um, I don't know, having a certain um, motion and uh, and then, and then yeah. keeping that, you know, without sort of trying to be too finickety about things. Um, so, that, yeah, that was quite cool. We've got, uh, so, yes, so we're not, we haven't set a date yet, but we're, we were trying to get a few things ready for this uh, for this kind of launch. Um, oh, yeah, go on. Well, maybe I've just just quickly. Uh, I'm just going to pop this up here. Thanks, Brian Byrne. Uh, Super chat, ten bucks. That will go towards the Christmas fund. Thanks very much. Maybe we because our next Emon we got provisionally booked in for the first of March. Would that possibly tie in with a uh, uh, an album launch party uh, performance? Uh, or you know, if you're not already busy, if you're if if I could persuade you to play the lowly Brist Bath City Clubhouse. Oh, I'm sure. I'm. I'll. I'll I mean. As, as as kind of Robin knows, Robin does stuff with Steve as well. He's a very busy man, but we'll see if we can pin yeah, him down. For that. I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure. March the first. Mm, March the first. That's got? the date Ooh. we've got. But what have we got happening just before that, though? Hmm. Oh, God, I don't know. It's always a bit of a <laughs> dead time. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. What's what date is it? You'll know the date because, and I've probably blown. That's a terrible date. Is that a terrible clash? It's, no, 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 not at all. It's not. No, the, uh, it the, the is, weekend before, if we're if assuming that we are alluding to Synth East, it yes. is. Uh, yeah, yes, of course before. we are. <laughs> Phew. <laughs> Phew, sorry about that. Okay, well, that might work then. It could be like a warm up for the uh, the main event then, perhaps. Maybe that could work. <laughs> but anyway, I'll, 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 I'll uh, let you um, I'll let you ruminate on that because that's, that's mm, probably good. something to worth ruminating on. But uh, nice. Are you streaming? Um, I, I saw your your bass jam the other day that you did. You just sort of said, "I don't normally do this," and then you did it. Was that last week, or just a, that so. was a random one? I think I think that was not even on a Wednesday. Yeah, no one. But when I, it's funny when I do ba- when I do something bass focused, no one watches. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. But um, if yeah, you I, just I, call I, it synth, synth bass jam, mm. and then focus more on the bass, yeah, uh, I don't know. But I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I really like this mixing bass though with technology. And actually, I, I did try. I um I was still got it here. Uh, in this like nifty case, um, having the bass oh, yeah, neat. going into that, and actually, I was trying the Wasp filter. I hadn't tried the Wasp filter with bass guitar before, and um, that's oh, quite nice. And that's quite nice. And one thing I was playing around with, which I think is quite an interesting technique, is that um, like the Wasp filter has got two CV inputs to to control the frequency of the filter. Oh, uh, so you do the peaking, yeah. Well, I was having I was having an envelope follower come in uh, from so the bass guitar was opening the envelope, but also having an LFO going into it as well. But then when you play with the kind of controls of it, it's like if if you play at a certain velocity on the you know if you play the strings hard, on, you can open the filter <coughs> and then it stays stronger than the lfo so the the effect of the lfo you can kind of oh, so you can make it dynamic right you can make it dynamic yeah so then when you lay off the the the, the um the you know the velocity you know the how hard you're playing then the lfo starts to come back in then so it's that sort of you know interactivity so that's, i thought it was quite that was quite interesting but what is it with a wasp though with a wasp filter the way the filter is designed to work it will burn out so if you have got, really? a wasp, yeah, I think this is—is <laughs> is it optical? Not, is there something yeah, no, optical? I, I have a burned out one. Oh, you do? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, mine's currently broken. Uh, Divkid told me to go and ask. Just, just you know, go and ask Mister Dopefer, and he'll probably send you a new chip, uh, which I have just haven't got around to it. But yeah, mine just ceased working. So That's yeah, interesting. That is, is it just because it's thing. running so hot it wears out? Is that the? It's, it's something the way the filter works or just in the topography of it or whatever that is how interesting it, yeah they, so i always feel like i i always use my wasp filter on you know limited time I quiet things <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. wasp filter for sale only a hundred hours use yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> excellent uh just another quick thank you uh echo craft i uh, always have have a very happy christmas thank you very much for that super chat very much appreciated uh it'll go towards the uh the the yes like i say the christmas fund of which we are started to distribute to podcasts in fact I've, you the both of you might expect to see something or have the door i hope the door doesn't ring the bell doesn't ring mid-show robin but i think <laughs> it's more likely to be tomorrow than anything else but so uh, there we go nick you, you okay me, yeah nick just one thing yeah. you asked me if i was going to stream and oh I'm, yes that's I right. am. I'm going to stream. Okay. I just made a decision again. So tonight at 8 p.m. <laughs> so if you fancy joining me, please, that'd be uh, that'd be great. Thank you. Right. Okay. It's not that Gaz comes on the show when he's streaming to sort of maximise the publicity. It's he comes oh. on the show and then and then decides to stream. Right? Yes. Is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> he's talked into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's right. like you've just got everything working. You know, you've got everything plugged in. It's like oh, exactly. Might as well. May as well. It's, it's right May there. As well let's keep do it. it. That's not a yeah. bad shout, actually. That makes perfect sense to me. Right. Let's get on to some uh, topics. Uh, well, yes, I suppose. I, right. Let's get into a topic. Uh, I'm going to go for this one first. Yeah. 
Yeah, here we go. I, I have absolutely no idea what that frog's doing there. It's very random. Uh, Artoria Mini Freak version 2 uh, OS, which I think is adding some of the additional features that uh, you, we've seen in the Micro Freak, which gets a lot of updates these days. And actually, the Micro Freak is sort of the, uh, the OS upgrade or the firmware upgrade of Micro Freak has become a bit of an event. It's like a kind of party time. People kind of celebrate it. It gets, it triggers a whole load of new reviews and everything. It's, I mean, it's, it's a brilliant piece of, um, uh, well, probably a rock for their back, but it's a brilliant piece of uh, marketing from them and, and just a great sort of product side because obviously the Micro Freak's been out, I know it must be several years, but the Mini Freak was last year, I think, and I really enjoyed the Mini Freak. I thought it was a great synth. And Artoria now, what they do is, again, they're sort of trying to build this idea that uh, the new firmware, this is version 2 firmware, free, I believe, uh, and it'll it'll sort of improve as you get a wavetable uh, oscillator model which i think was what we saw in the microfeek previously uh, last update which was around about super booth time uh, there's also uh, uh, so wavetable engine unison effects enhanced lfo and uh, favorites which is really good because dialing in program changes on a on a rotary encoder is not much fun in a live scenario this way you can actually kind of do a bit more right this preset then this preset and you can chain them together with favorites which is a really good idea um, it's interesting isn't it? it sort of feels like what they're doing is we're heading towards this sort of singularity of the hardware and the software almost being at one because obviously uh, Mini Freak comes as uh, Mini Freak V as well which is software and some of the features we see in pigments and some of the concepts are probably trend, you know moving across which is great because mostly Arturia are known for emulations you know and, and as we know hardware for software synthesizers can be a bit of a soft leader so a lost leader rather so this time now we're ending up with kind of both of them coming together this is kind of cool I know Robin uh, did you do the mm. mini freak uh, review the mini freak I thought it was great I really enjoyed it I did can you hear that no probably not I can't doesn't matter I can't hear I it can. okay. did you just reach for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've got it here is it is it Okay. That's the back of it. Though. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, so yeah, I, I had to send mine I, back, unfortunately. I did do I did do the mini freak. I didn't do I didn't do a launch day thing. I think I I played around with it a bit later. Uh, but I think as it goes, it's it's probably one of my favorite synthesizers, simply because I don't think there's any synthly about it. It's it's just it's so different. It doesn't uh it's it's you know you sit you sit down at most synthesizers and they're very very familiar and you do the same things and you get a pleasing sound and then you move on to the next one perhaps with with this one I'm always just fiddling in those algorithms changing fiddling playing with the three things that shape the the thing whatever the thing is and you can do it on any preset doesn't matter where you are what sound you're on and you can have this very changeable thing going on and then it's just packed yeah. full of fun things like there's the sequencer and the movement and the effects and the fact there's a couple of filters sort of and then you know there's different uh, uh very different areas you can go to so it's a very uh, accessible sit down and lose an hour just playing with it and i do that every time i i power it up I, that seems to happen to me so i'm a, I'm a big fan of it uh, i mean it doesn't do everything or anything uh, as much as some of the big bigger synths, of course, but it just is an as a has a nice feel. It has a nice bunch of presets that are enjoyable to use, and I can't. It's one of those things where I can't believe it didn't have wavetables. It's like I had it. I was mm. sitting there doing the update, going, "Doesn't it have wavetables?" Oh. 
And then, of course, it did the update and then nothing happened because there seems to be a separate process to get the wavetables into it, which nobody seems to say uh, anything about. So I, I, I spent a little bit of time fiddling around trying to get the bloody thing to work. But anyway, I'm there now. And uh, yeah, that's nice. It's, it's a nice additional thing. The effect, the new effect is also nice. You know, it's got a nice bunch of effects in there anyway. So an additional one is great um i didn't know about the favorites bit because that is that was the one thing that drives me a little bit nuts is a constant winding your way through those presets yeah and to be able to pick a few out and to sort of the front or whatever that's a really great additional thing so yeah massive thumbs up from me and i always appreciate a company that's prepared to to update a product that's already out there and successful and they you know most companies move on to other things but it's really great to get something which is a bit meaty i mean it's not massive or anything it's not changing the world but it's you know it's a decent thing which i think will spark a bit of interest again uh, as you say yeah. with the micro freak they keep doing that and it's it's a very worthwhile enterprise i wonder I it must it must be one of the best selling uh synths those two must be some of the best selling hardware synths. and this is just i mean a whole new oscillator model actually i was just remembering it wasn't granular it was granular wasn't it that was in the micro freak yeah, last sample, last one. it yeah, would be like, it would be really nice to get that in the uh, the mini freak i want that'll probably come i get i mean i guess is there's any memory or so i don't know what do you think guys well i mean you know, the Micro Freak has certainly been a good investment for anyone who bought it, just in terms of the absolutely stellar updates. That, uh, I think, well, are we on version four now of the Micro Yeah, I, the I'm Micro not sure what it is. Yeah, the, the chat is um, will probably know. But each each iteration or each new update, you know, brought significant things. So, like, the, you know, uh, including that, like, yeah, granular sample engine, um, which was an astonishing thing for a kind of late update you know um yeah who so, yeah. knew it had all that sample memory <laughs> suddenly <laughs> yeah exactly um i haven't actually played a mini freak at all um so i can't comment on it particularly other than i mean i was just checking the price on it so 519 i think is the street price you can get them for now which in terms of you know yeah bang for the buck is it's absolutely incredible, really, isn't it? Um, well, it'll do up to tw it'll do twelve voices in paraphonic. Uh, it, it sort of has yeah. a weird semi-paraphonic mode where you get twelve voices, and that's fine, yeah. you know. We, but uh, yeah, otherwise it's uh, six and three uh, three oscillators per voice, isn't it? It does make you wonder about, like, you know, if these features are just held back. They've got them already from, uh, you know, hmm. and they just hold them back just just as marketing tools because obviously with the uh the this new update they also brought out um oh no i'm getting confused i was thinking about the uh the key step has just come out in black isn't it the key step pro um mm. but uh uh you know whether whether they can you know they know it can do all this stuff and they just hold it back mm. and just well just I, I i don't know yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think because because ultimately there are code, people working on the code, they're primarily a software company. So I'd imagine things sort of filter down to a degree into it. I mean, but I mean, Artoria do, I mean, I occasionally have meetings with my uh, PR counterpart at uh, Artoria and they sort of lay out the, the list of things coming and you go, crikey, that's a lot, you know, and it's, and I think these are the things that, whether it's at firmware or whatever they may be, I've probably said too much already and I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll, have, I'll be taken down with uh, something, but, but, um, but generally speaking, I mean, yeah. I think that because their, their core is software, 
that yeah. these things are on the go. I mean, the only other company I could think of that did a, something similar uh, was uh, Novation um, with the circuit, and the circuit yeah. became much more than the sum of its parts. Novation, curiously yeah. quiet for the last two, three years. Mm. I mean, they're a company that don't yeah. really seem to have benefited from the uh, from the inclusion of sequential and uh, uh, um, Dave, you know the Dave Smith sort of on a uh, acquisition. But yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, just sort of, uh, I mean, I've got a micro freak here and I, you know, when you get those updates, you know, if they, if they just pop up out of the blue and you're just like, wow, this is like a, like a gift. It feels like a gift, doesn't it? It feels like a, like a present mm. when a company does this and they add, add this, you know, significant update, um, significant increases. Uh, but what you were just mentioning there about uh, Novation, doing it with a circuit but you have to kind of give kudos to electron uh recently obviously updated the uh, rhythm mm. uh with a whole bunch of new features that wasn't just the current model when that a lot of those new features extended back to the mark one which is um gosh quite old in music tech terms now so um yeah yeah, which is cool. But uh, what I was going to say with the, uh, I don't know, you'd, maybe Robin can tell me this if you've got it in front of me. Has the Mini Freak got the noise engineering oscillators that the Micro Freak has got? Because those things. It does. Sound. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it um, started it. Yeah. yeah I, when uh, I, when the I reviewed it, Thorax, the harmonic yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And a bass the noise. One, noise one, there's a noise one. Yeah. That, yeah, there's yeah. one that you can introduce noise into it and it sounds absolutely lovely that's yeah. i forgot i was just looking at the review earlier today because i was researching this a little bit and uh, it popped up and I thought oh yeah they, those additional ones that they've done so i think the key is is they've put them into instruments that are more affordable so it might tip yeah. you over the edge i mean the, the rhythm and the electrical stuff is a bit further up the the car yeah. i mean not massively but it's a bit more expensive so almost you know releasing a new oscillator type and a bunch of stuff for a micro freak you might think, God, yeah, okay, I'll buy it. I don't know what they cost. They're two or three hundred quid. I can't remember what the price is. And a mini freak is obviously a bit more, but as you add additional and additional, it starts to kind of mount up. And you think, well, maybe. And it's it's a great strategy. I think it's a really smart thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, congratulations on it. Okay, I I suppose we've covered. Um, right, uh, let's go to. Uh, what's the time? Yeah. Okay. Here's one. Um, this was that the reason, what, the reason I, I put this one up is because, uh, well, cause I interviewed. Let's hope this goes well. So this was a trailer for, from Babylon where basically they took that original track. This is audioshake.ai. Uh, I'll, uh, can I, if I do that, does that work? Yeah, audioshake, I did already do that. Audioshake.ai. I interviewed Jessica Powell, very smart lady, very kind of switched on company. Their focus is just audio separation. And I, I think what I was going to try and do, because I, I, I tried to, ex to, to record this and it didn't really work, but just to give you an idea of the quality of the separation, it's quite a different league to what you may have heard before, even though these are just MP3s. Let's see if I could get this to work, because it should just play out. They, they've got these kind of uh, players, so if I play this, it might work. Bear in mind, the audio quality would be compromised by the whole streaming and playback service, rather than what you'd actually... I don't care what the future holds for I don't care what the future holds for me. Listen to the stereo image and the effects. The... Bass is a bit fluffy, but 
drums have got quite a lot of punch still a little bit of that um mp3 stuff which may just be the web compression because they work from where and that's what they do basically they just have built a large language model uh, an ai model and you feed the stuff in and it comes out and they use it use it in a load of things you know for for maybe syncing where you can't have an instrumental of a track somebody wants to sync it for a movie the original artist or recorder would suddenly find that they were able to generate some revenue from that you know that they, they seem to be very much about the enablement the technology enabling things, fixing things, as well as you know, just being good, and and I, I know that's probably an easy. It might might seem like a you know that that's what they would say. But having spoke, I, I encourage you to listen to that. We're, the interview with Jessica is on uh, New Year's Day. But I thought it was kind of interesting. I'll come to you first, Gaz, because I mean, we've seen stems and we've seen this kind of separation yeah. stuff. I know Isotope have their uh, tonal balance stuff, and yeah. you know, uh, Melodyne DNA. This is really. I was impressed with, you know, more than I have been with other ones, I should say. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of the examples. Yeah, it's, yeah it does sound really good. It's something I am quite interested in. In fact, um, uh, I was mentioning about the stuff I've been doing with Steve, and we were uh, – oh, Steve did actually say we're good for 1st of March, by the way. So. Oh, wow, cool. Yes. That's Focus brilliant. In. You heard it here first, folks, <laughs> right. Oh, that's great. Nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I was going to say um, – so Steve is maybe going to sort of uh, DJ a, a few of the tunes that we've done um, later this week. Um, so I went and I used RX in this case just to go back to some of yeah. our earlier jams and to use the music rebalance to sort of lift up the the drum level, which it did a really good job of. It made them sound a little bit more kind of thumpy. Uh, so that was the, earlier this week. So this kind of technology, this kind of stuff is very much on my mind. In fact, we were talking about this very issue and just sort of like when you go back and listen to jams, you know, like especially one thing I found when we were doing, like, you know, doing modular stuff, you, you know, got a bunch of stuff going on and you're focused on something so much so when you listen back afterwards, that kind of crazy cowbell thing, dang, 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 <laughs> is super loud going on. <laughs> And you were, yeah, you hadn't noticed. How did I not even notice that? Um, but, you know, to be able to go into those jams and just to be able to sort of isolate those elements and be able to change them. Now, I'm not sure quite how, you know, when you're doing stuff like certainly that kind of modular stuff, it's you're dealing with quite abstract layers, you know, not yeah. here's the drums, here's the bass. You know, so I'd imagine that the, uh, the AI algorithms are, are going to be really kind of focused on a m more traditional instrumentation. Um, Quite possibly. Yeah, and Melodyne sort of DNA is possibly still the best bet for, um, you know, just exploding out everything into what, you know, into all the elements, but in, in more of an ambiguous way. Uh, of course, you know, there is the um, uh, RipX as well, uh, which I think yeah. has, has got some really good uh good good stuff going on too but you're right this did sound really good uh if you remember back a few years ago when we were looking at cubase in a uh, it came with spectra layers uh right spectra layers one which is a standalone piece of software that steinberg make that also has similar things like this and we were really impressed that when you extract the vocals out it managed to somehow grab all of the reverb um you know, 
there was a sustain out of the reverb. And we heard now, just on the examples here of, of, of this, that idea that you're getting like kind of smooth reverb tails. And I was kind of curious, is the ai able to just sort of synthesize um i did i i did uh, whether it's resynthesizing the gaps is that what you're saying yes. that, i did ask that and I, I jessica wasn't didn't seem to say that that was what the case was what it'll do things like what was also very interesting the uh, the example in the video is where there's a really loud vocal over a disco record in the mastering process there would have been a lot of dynamic shifting of the entire track because the vocal was so loud so when it takes that when you make an instrumental out of it it's sort of Rethink it, it doesn't apply the compression, the compression gets fixed, so you don't end up with that kind of weird uh, yeah. dynamic sort of. A, so, it, there's lots of things that it does do, so it will fix certain things. I mean, some things you might want to be ducked, but it's actually they seem to have got a lot more um, nuance into the way that it it listens. I mean, there's very little human input. You just literally upload your track. You you say what you want out of it, but you don't say this is orchestral, this is rock, this is whatever. It just does it. It's not genre-specific at all. Here's a question then. So, with it being able to extract these elements so kind of cleanly, if you were to take kind of copyright material then, like you take a vocal out of something and put it into something else, and like and something else that reharmonizes the vocal as well. So all of the subsequent harmony around the vocal is different from its original state. So let's mm. just say we took the vocal out of Michelle by the Beatles or something, and then put some real sludge behind it <laughs> uh, and made a doom core track where the entire background of it is entirely different but that vocal is then mixed into it will the ai uh, will the copyright algorithm be able to sort well, of extract out yeah well you have to you have to bear in mind that the ai that something like this would be available to the copyright lawyers that they would then run on the track that you put the vocal into. Do you see what I mean? So it's yeah. entirely possible it could well, be I, I, reversed well, back. Yeah. So well, and, and may well. But I mean, just like the kind of YouTube algorithm, the one that just kind of combs through stuff or the Facebook one. Oh, uh, who knows? I don't yeah, know. So yeah, I'm just yeah, kind of curious. And, yeah. Or even if you take that vocal, you extract out a vocal, put it into something else and pitch it around a little bit as, you know, change you know, uh, transpose it. Uh, I, I just find it quite interesting. It must be an absolute nightmare if you're a copyright lawyer. We with all this kind well, of we do talk a little bit. We do talk a little bit about this uh, um, with, you know, and Jessica's point of view is very much like I, I'm not the legal person, but I would like to think that it will be used for good rather than for evil. And it, it, because, I mean, in, inevitably things get, I mean, you can make a drum machine, it can be used for evil, you know, whatever. I mean, I say evil, it's not really evil. <laughs> That's my favourite genre. Uh, well, uh, I, don't know. I, I don't know. Robin, what do you think? I mean, th this this technology just seems to be coming on and coming on and coming on. And this mm. this is one of the better examples I've heard. And this is, it's not real time and it can't be real time because uh, we talk about this as well, because there's a kind of creative arc of of a narrative arc of the music that is also taken into consideration so you can't you can do it near real time but it won't it, it won't be as good as as offline but uh, it's fascinating mm. what what can be done it is yeah it is really interesting i mean i spent a lot of time with hit and mix when that first came out a few years ago and it really um sort of i was 
couldn't work out why on earth I would want to do this was, was the first sort of wall I was hitting. Why do I want to unmix something that I've already mixed? And, you know, those sorts of questions. But I think now down the line, um, particularly after what Gaz said, the idea that, because more than likely I, if I'm going to record um, something from the modular, it's going to go to the uh, tape machine over there. I don't even know how to point anymore. Yeah, I over there. it's above your head. Yeah. Okay, above my head. And, and so that's in stereo. It's just a stereo machine, and I'd put two tracks directly to that. So the idea that I could take that, transfer it to the computer, and pull it apart enough to create some kind of surround mix, some kind yeah. of Dolby <clears throat> Atmos, Atmos mix, is incredibly interesting. Um, and similarly, going back to old old projects or old tracks that you no longer have the the multi track for, um, to be able to pull those apart a little bit to to create that sort of space for that thing, suddenly mm -hmm. becomes a possibility that I hadn't considered. Um, so it, it often felt like this is kind of a, a a technology that was looking for a reason to be there. But looking through the uh, the Audio Shake site, there's lots of examples on use cases like dialogue replacement and um, other bits and pieces, which yeah, which does seem to make a lot more sense. And also because it's so much more believable now, that I think it really could I think it really could happen. So I think I mean for me, just be able to because to record multi-track from the modular is doable, and I can do that. But it's a faff, and it it interrupts the instant all oh, this is good let's hit record and, and yeah. capture something it sort of ruins all of that because i have to set things up and think about it and all those sorts of things so i love the idea of not having to do that i've been able to record in stereo and then mess with that afterwards to some degree because i mean as gas said about that that horrible clash that's coming in there somewhere that you didn't know and i'd love to be able to soften those bits or move them around and and stuff like that so yeah i think i think we've hit the point where this is becoming achievable and that's really interesting is I it really expensive wonder, uh i think well they, they there's a sort of api for you know your sony publishers who want to stem up or instrumental up a whole back catalog there's that level of integration then there's uh, an indie sort of site which i think it's like 20 bucks a month and you can do four or five so if you're a small label or whatever that seems fairly reasonable i think the thing that might be quite interesting is you know say for instance you record something and you're using a reverb on a send and so therefore the, the the stem separation is going to be hard because the strings are going into it as as is the vocal or as is some other mm. thing the snare so i wonder if as we get kind of further down the line we'll start to recall we'll start to mix differently or, or create differently so that we know those things can be fixed afterwards because if you just say it's it's okay I, you know it's like saying it's all right I've, i'm insured for that it's you know it's all right i used a different reverb send or a different reverb plugin for each of these key in, uh, elements within this mix so they should be uh, able to be re you know re exploded and i suppose the thing is is with the tonal rebalance it's different isn't it because <clears throat> you're effectively keeping a lot of the integrity and the transience this is the isotope thing of the full mix and you're just boosting or decreasing the other stuff so you can change the relative levels rather than yeah. kind of completely breaking it apart and all of the you know, because obviously it's not totally artifact free and then putting it back together and remixing it. You know, there's there's different approach. I mean, they also do, uh, like you say, the dialogue thing's quite interesting. So, for instance, you know, in the future, we could do this podcast. We could extract all our voices as separate speakers. It could be transcribed and then they could be revoiced in a different language. 
for instance. Yeah. I mean, it is a possibility. And re-released. So we could have a Spanish version of this or maybe a Chinese version of this that could be done by a machine. You know, these are sort of the consequences of being able to audio separate, I suppose. Yeah, um, here's an interesting point. Uh, recently, the Beatles obviously released that Here and Now song, and it was uh, which was the last Beatles song. And as the B-side, they put the very first sort of Beatles song, which is uh, Love Me Do. And it was a new mix of Love Me Do uh, that was done, I guess, using similar techniques that they used on the Let It Be, f- um, you know, the Peter Jackson thing. And right. I thought I would just compare the new Let it, um, the new Love Me Do with the old one. And I found myself preferring the old one, and I just and it, and it got me thinking about how taste and you know how these ideas of what is right in in terms of the mix is going to be subject to fashions and tastes and mm. the bottom end. I'd be interested to see what other people think about this. If you listen to the bass, the sound of the bass, for instance, in I was actually using is it the 2009 remasters uh the remastered one so which was already um you know like kind enhanced, of enhanced yeah enhanced version uh, so i was comparing that to this new to this new version and uh i wasn't sort of seeing the new version as being kind of better it just sounded a bit different and to mm. me i didn't like the bass i did didn't feel quite so round it felt a bit it had like a bit more of a kind of nasal element to it that i wasn't kind of sure about so yeah so it it just got it got me thinking about that about taste and fashion being something that these well yeah that i totally get that and and interestingly i suppose by exploding and or separating these things out you know if it was originally recorded for vinyl or on a wax cylinder on or on an ampex tape formulation you're sort of you're, it's like taking a, a hairdryer to, to a piece of furniture and, and, and so all the glue melts. You know, the glue melts and then right. you put it together with a different bit of glue and then the, yeah. the properties of the glue are different. So the furniture creaks in a different way or whatever. I don't know. And that's a terrible analogy. But, I mean, essentially you're you're removing that, th- that magic glue, that kind of overall right. distortion or the overall dynamic control that a single yeah. recording would have maybe. And then the skill, you'd have to be skillful enough to to put that back together in a convincing enough way. Well, you'd think the people that did that with the Beatles stuff would, you know, they'd have people who were yeah, representing, which is, you know. Which is kind of why I was thinking it's kind of like a taste thing or like, you know, for me, listening to them, the two, I just, I don't know, maybe the, there is that thing about the the one, the earlier one sounded maybe a bit more familiar to me, so maybe that was biasing hmm. me towards preferring it. Yes, the, that. well, the one thing the one thing that Jessica does say in uh, with the interview is, and we all know this, is we're much, much, much more susceptible to changes in audio quality and perception quality than we are visually. And for some reason, this is uh, it must be sort of lizard brain stuff that I don't know enough about. But we we could spot. Uh, weird stuff going on in audio much more easily than we can uh, in in uh, with our other than with our other senses. I, I, one so, thing yeah. I would be curious to see. I mean, this isn't directly related to this, but I wonder with this type of technology, if you were to go back to like I don't know, really old recordings like Jelly Roll Morton or something, you know, really really old, like hundred year old recordings. Like we've been like, there's lots of this on YouTube now where you've got upscaled 4K versions of this really old yeah. footage. Restyle, um, yeah. You know, I, I just wonder just how, you know, if you could go back to these old recordings and just bring them into full tone. Oh, yeah. Tone I'm sure it's, I'm sure that's not far off. I'm sure yeah, that's I, not far off. Yeah. Okay. Done. 
I don't know, Robin, if you had anything else to add to that. I mean, I think there there are. I think one one of the just just continue, one of the things I was talking about this. You know, orchestral stuff is quite hard for them to separate because you can't remove the violins and the violas very easily. You could do the violins mm. and the choirs and the percussions and the you know the timpani or whatever, but not you know you can't take. And, and she was also saying, you know, when is a synth a synth and not a bass, or when is a bass a bass and not a synth? You just see what I mean? There's there's all these kind of uh, almost sort of semantic questions that that you have to ask. Ask uh, the, of the you know the the large language model. Um, anyway, um, look forward to that interview on the twenty sixth. I don't know if you had anything else to uh, to add there, Robin. Before we move on to another another topic. And no, I mean all I could say is controversially, I have no time for the Beatles whatsoever. Okay. No. Wow. Okay. I, I can't do it, but I can give you a reason. Uh, when okay. I was at school, at, I think you uh, better. High school. Quick anecdote for you. Yes, quick anecdote. Um, I was in the school brass band, and this was um, this is back in the nineteen eighties. I played euphonium for those who who know these sorts of things. And oh, nice. our music teacher was a, was nuts, and all we played was Beatles. And at that time, being 13, 14, I didn't really have any exposure to to Beatles music. So, whenever anybody mentions the Beatles or Beatles come a radio or anything all i can think of is flipping i'm constantly playing it in my head because i played it a thousand ah, times and so right and so the brass band arrangement of all of those classic i mean i had to solo on hey jude for heaven's sake but i can't stand it i can't bear to listen to it because all i get is the sound of the brass band germany okay, i think that's fair band. You you are excused. I think that's a very a very reasonable uh, childhood trauma is a perfectly acceptable excuse. It is. Uh, it, is. it is. Okay. Well, let's um, let's get on to uh, well. Uh, let's have a bit of diddly diddly eye. First off, here are the instruments in action. I see that, and I think Guinness actually when the harp comes up, which is very. Uh, uh, This is the uh, New Native Instruments uh, Library, uh, which is the, uh, what's it called? It's called the uh, Spotlight Collection Ireland. It's a collection of instruments. And I must say this, I mean, this. I'm not an Irish player. I have witnessed Irish bands, and uh, when I was a kid, some of my friends' parents were in Irish bands. So I'm, I've, got, I've got more than a passing knowledge of it. And it actually, I mean, obviously they're played quite skillfully, but it, I, I, I thought, I can't think of any other Irish something that's this focused as an Irish Irish collection of instruments and I just thought it was it was worth marking at the very least and I think some of them some of the mm. articulations and the embellishments I think uh, 11 traditional Irish instruments they're captured in the heart of Milltown Mulbay uh, played by Noel Hill I guess is a multi-instrument well he better be a multi-instrumentalist uh, 89 quid for the full thing or 69 if you already own Irish harp so there are obviously other ones but I thought it was quite well done and um, a, a nice demo and I don't know if these sort of specific whether there's there's room for more of this kind of stuff like you know you might have an Egyptian an Egyptian drum band I mean because there are there are some really interesting Arabic uh, collections of instruments with the frame drums and mm. not bazookis ouds and all sorts of stuff like this I think it would be quite interesting I don't mm. know Gaz have you mastered any of this kind of stuff I mean some people find it intolerably insufferably irritating <laughs> this kind of music but some people don't some people love it and it can be beautiful very atmospheric well, with the slow ones it's, you know, I mean, the thing is with these kind of things, it's having a really good uh, feel for the music to be able to actually 
you turn it into something that is convincing. You know, you need to understand the kind of accents and the the way that the music is. Uh, I mean, saying that, I mean, you could use it for whatever. You don't need to use it for Irish music. But there was something that I did a number of years ago. I can't remember. I had some, uh, I can't remember which one it was now. I had some ethnic world instrument collection of sounds and um, and playing them. And I was like, okay, I just, yeah. but then I found that YouTube was really great. I would put the name of that instrument in and get, uh, so you get an idea of the embellishments. And then they play it, p playing along with them and just like, he, yeah, getting the embellishments and just trying to really get uh, a little bit more feel for it. Um, so, I mean, uh, in this collection, what are the instruments? Was there a Boran in there then? Yeah, there's a Baran, there's uh, 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 uh gosh, I'm just trying to find, can I see it here? There is actually a list, I believe, uh, right. which I didn't write down. I can't see it. It's too small for me so to So for the Baran, for instance, presumably there are lots of already sort of pre-made rhythms and, you know. Cause I like, guess there might be, yeah, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of voicing for a Baran. I wonder if they've got the spoons. The spoons don't seem to be there. That's an underrepresented nice. sample instrument, right? Yeah. <laughs> I used to be able to play the spoons. I used to be yeah, able to play the spoons. Based around the bones, they used to be, uh, but I think they were rib bones of sheep. And so you, you people play them and they're very, you, some people can play them in both hands. And it's actually very, uh, it's like castanets, but sort of more gruesome somehow. I don't know. It's uh, But some really good stuff. I mean, the, there are some examples later on in the demo where it's been sort of integrated in more dare I say, EDM or whatever. And bazooki was used a lot. There's that whole genre of almost uh, like trance tunes played with sort of bazookis yeah. and, and open, yeah, open yeah. tree. I don't know. Robin, you're an acoustic yeah, yeah. player. You play things with strings and a flute, right? I do. I do, yeah, yeah. And totally. a euphonium. I mean, I'm well into me well into me English folk, funnily enough, at one time of my life. But, I mean, one thing that, that that's always missing from like string and orchestral sample sets is any kind of sense of a fiddle because it's played differently it sounds so different when when you listen to someone like eliza carthy play in a pub yeah. there's no there's nothing that models that uh within any right. orchestral sample set that i've ever heard so something like this is fantastic to give you there is a, a fiddle there is a fiddle it, here yeah because uh, uh yeah i could hear it in the in the demo and it's it's a very raw sound. It's a rough sound and often playing two strings, not just playing the one string. There's a lot of articulation that you don't get from classical players. That's, that's very much alive in the, uh, in, in your local folk clubs. So I think that's a great, a great thing, a great nod out to, to the people's music, you know, to the folk mm. music of our days. And, um, that's great. I think that's definitely worthwhile. How well, I mean, what does I mean? I guess that means if you're going to be uh, writing writing a soundtrack to the latest uh, sort of western styled sci-fi uh, Netflix um, series, then that's going to be. Or you have an elf moment you know. coming up in a uh, in a in a film, you know, like uh, Elven rather than Elf. Absolutely, Elven. <laughs> yes. Or as soon as anybody meant from Ireland, you have to put in that little motif, don't you? That you know, any kind of international flavour in any movie needs that instant cliche of a just in of case. A jangling something or something just in case you don't get. To be sure, oh, we're in Egypt now. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's just that drives me nuts. I have to say. Oh, that's but anyway. So but it's, it's a good thing to have those instruments there. I think that's. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a great, a great thing. 
I wonder, yeah, I wonder to a degree how much uh, this will be overtaken because, uh, as we heard, audio modelling, I mean, there are some voices in the Osmos, funnily enough, that have a really good uh, uh, articulation. And, and you are, and it's ve- the way it plays, it, you are completely encouraged, not by them, but by the whole form of the instrument to kind of go there with those embellishments and those weird sort of little bends and stuff. And I know there's Swarm and Audio Modelling do really good uh, models of these things as well. And, and I've heard, you know, you, if you've ever been to NAMM, there's a, there's a booth that continually plays, I think it's usually a soprano sax, endlessly for three days mm-hmm. or four days uh, this year it's going to be. So, uh, <laughs> uh, But it's impressive. I mean, perhaps not if you're on the next booth, you'd probably get a bit sick of it but it's when it's played well with the right kind of controller input that can work as well so yeah Yeah. audio modeling Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but yeah this is articulate away this is articulate away well worth uh well worth checking out anyway uh and where are we now oh gosh we're at five two gosh we could do um what do you want Uh, do you want to uh, jam a hook or soma metaconformer metaconformer Meta conformer. Yeah. Let's do some meta conformer. Yes. This is the new, the new MIDI thing. I say thing because honestly, I don't know what else to call it. Yeah. Another piece from uh, Soma Synths. It's a it's a MIDI transformer routing and splitting, I believe. And in a moment, Vlad's wonderful voiceover will come Meta-conformer over. Metaconformer is a modular MIDI processor created to expand the capabilities of musical instruments and simplify the interaction of a musician with MIDI equipment. Metaconformer provides the music. Hey, wait a minute, that's not Vlad. What's going on there? I feel, yeah. I feel, yeah, I thought it wasn't. I think it was po- something something about Vlad mentioned. Anyway, yeah, MIDI processor, uh, as uh, not as we know. I'm, I'm, we're still trying to figure out what it's going to be useful for, but I think there are things that you could do where you could translate keys into controller values. You can split uh, key ranges. So you could do some of the usual things that you would expect from a sort of real-time um, MIDI thing. So you could split the keyboard into, you know, one sound on one MIDI channel, one sound on another MIDI channel. So it's like a brain, but also there are um, there are other things. that I can't quite figure out what it might be that it would be useful. It's 160 euros, so it's not the cheapest oh, I know, thing. I know. Oh, go, go, Robin, go. Thank you. I know. Well, <laughs> the, the thing that interests me about it, I mean... Other than the fact, I mean, Soma can produce some exquisite instruments and then they produce this plastic piece of old crap that looks a bit rubbishy like. But anyway, by the by of its, regardless of its looks, the functionality that I liked is its uh, ability, I think if I got this right, to turn all of your monosynths into a polysynth. So Ah, you plug in a plug in a whole bunch of synths and then it does the voice working out you know it allocates voices to the different synths as you go and that is a recipe for enormously epic chaos within your space (laughs) i think that and there's this weird thing where you can use your keyboard as a controller so the notes on the keyboard as a controller but for that i think you need two of them so they are kind of encouraging you down the line that you're going to need half a dozen of these boxes scattered right. around all networked to each other to produce this this interweb of connected midi devices i think it's or, extraordinary really or you could buy bohm's midi, or, MIDI or translator one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which I would give a shout out. Bohm's MIDI yeah, Translator, which I use every out. day, which is very good. Wow. Uh, it's Bohm's MIDI yes. uh, Translator is an excellent thing, which will take MIDI inputs and 
you can kind of you know control do all sorts of stuff with it turn key midi into ascii and ascii into midi and also it's a very good thing uh, also a shout out uh, the bone box is a hardware version of that uh, i don't i think that might be a bit more expensive and the lab for music superario which is something i reviewed which i thought was brilliant for my live setup it was amazing it's a sort of live midi router that you could just hit buttons and kind of go okay send the program changes to everything split my keyboard like this do that to this it's absolutely mm. brilliant but this does look interesting i don't know um do you have any kind of clever midi utility and routing business going on in your place i mean it seems like uh, you probably should because i've seen the number of keyboards you've got in it so <laughs> well i mean straight away it brought to mind some of retrokit's great things you know um, that's true yes mm, yeah some of it's no the um, quite a while back ago um retrokit's brought out uh with a little rk02 programmable midi cable um and you could do things where you could turn the electron digger tact into a make it all voices be able to play it as a uh polyphonic synthesizer um so i initially i was kind of thinking okay this seems like similar to that the fact that you have got the controls on it directly uh to interact with it in a performance sense uh takes it into a, a, a different territory me i was thinking okay well this could be quite this could be actually quite good with my midi bass um something that i haven't really been using very much in recent times but um designating various parts of the fingerboard um to be playing different instruments it's something that i have been doing using um sample chains with the octatrack but this would open up it into a whole bunch of other areas you know where uh again i mean you know it's a pretty niche thing isn't it this kind of thing yeah um, you know uh the fact that you know or, or on your midi keyboard you could just have one key one one synth dedicated to one key um but you know if that was in some way some sort of like latching thing um like for for, for triggering a drone and then you know and then i'm not sure if you can if it will translate pitch information i didn't see anything i don't like want not like from an audio input i don't think oh, no, so audio in, oh, no. more like just um just just midi quantize uh, pitch quantizing scale quantizing or i don't uh, think so i'm not sure yeah no that was i think that it's would make possible there's lots of sort of modules within it i think you can load right. up different modules there's like eight slots for midi processing and each one of those can be yeah i don't know they haven't i don't think they've quite gotten to the bottom of of everything that 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 does but i think i, th I think the potential for that is definitely there yeah. they are they okay. seem to be in, in, insinuating that there is more stuff to come along that they're going to be adding more functionality to it because i was thinking then you know if you have got maybe let's just say something like a key step 37 or something that's obviously 37 keys isn't an awful lot of keys to to warrant creating splits um well, you might want kick snare hat on the bottom three or something like that. Yeah. I mean, these are th I, yeah. I mean, I think, to be honest, I mean, everybody who uses MIDI in any way needs some kind of MIDI utility converter, whether it be Bohm's, whether it be, uh, you know, Superior, or whether it be other, you know, I'm sure there are other things available. There's definitely, there's definitely an option for this. And I think it's really, you, once you start kind of thinking, uh, 
like for instance, you know, I wanted to play, I, I, my life set up, I didn't want to take a master keyboard, I couldn't find a master keyboard that would do everything, but what I could do is just have this little thing that would root, and if it roots, if it merges and splits as well, then yeah. the like for me, the Separio uh, from Lab for Music, a sort of obscure Italian company, was brilliant, and it had a host mode, so you could just, just sort of plug everything in and kind of go, right, when I press this button, this happens on this port, this happens on this port, on this channel, this happens on this port, on the other channel, this goes on, this, this goes on, any input below this note does this, any controller remap to this control. It's that is so useful, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it is niche, but it yeah. shouldn't, it's a bit like having um, a, a multi tool or something. It just feels like there's room for I, everybody to have something like that. I, I feel, given that it's Soma, that until you've actually got <laughs> well, one, you, yeah. well, <laughs> you don't, I mean, I'm it won't do really what you think. Yeah, I get really confused about Soma. I've got the cosmos here to my left i've made a couple of a couple of my live streams have featured that um also i've got the the lyra 8 here which was something i was totally baffled with but the more time i've spent with it the more it reveals itself and the more that's oh, beautiful yeah. unique soma thing comes through and probably the the one that i've had the most sort of transformative joy with if if you will is the the rumble of ancient times the roat just in terms of i just was really not particularly interested in that at all and i absolutely love it now so i would assume that there's more to this and than maybe mm. meets the eye but i think i would need to get hold of one to figure out what that actually is mm. but just to underline that thing, though, Soma are just constantly one of the most interesting companies in our in our music technology sphere, and I don't think anything that they put out is, um, you know, bad or useless. You know, I think they have the most <laughs> interesting ideas. So, yeah, I'm sure this thing. I think probably all of us are not quite getting it, are we? <laughs> but, um, Maybe so. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I think it's it, but I think uh, 160 euros a pop. If you need two or three, that's starting to get quite expensive. I mean, the uh, the MRCC uh, was another one that I forgot to mention. That was the oh, guys. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. That's really yeah, impressive. Uh, and that you know, MIDI, these sort of MIDI utility, these are the sort of things that we used to have to deal with a lot when we had actual physical MIDI cables. But when you're doing software, it's also very useful because you might want to filter stuff out. You might want to route things to, between different programs. All of these things are really handy. And if it's got uh, network MIDI, I mean, that's the thing. You know, something like Bohm's can take physical MIDI input, USB MIDI input, network MIDI input, you know, as as can other um, devices. And those are all really useful things. And because MIDI as we know, still got a lot of legs, even though, you know, we're all being told that MIDI 2.0 is here. We have these sort of, way MIDI 2.0 here. Now we can, and then it, then it goes away again because nobody's using it for anything that anyone's <laughs> all that excited about. And then, you know, it'll come back again. It's still, it's st it feels like it's got to resurface a few more times with some killer applications. But in the meantime, to MIDI 1 is still going strong. I mean, I use it all the time for lots and lots of things. You know, I just do. Gosh. Um, sounds like, is that someone at your doorbell? It's, or is it kind of time that now I've got to, is it, is oh it your time's up? It, it is. It could, I probably better check because I'm not sure anybody else is in the house. Oh, okay. No. All right. Well, um, I'll, I'll, well what we'll do then is we'll probably... We'll do a we'll do a kind of a, a wrap uh, and say that because things we'll we'll, mm. we'll we'll shut things down now because uh, last show is next week. Uh, as I said, we've got a couple of shows in between Christmas and New Year. We're going to be closed. Uh, have you got any shows over Christmas, guys? Are you doing anything live? 
God knows. <laughs> oh, right. um, Last minute. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I should really try and be a little bit more <laughs> focused about this. I'd like to. I'd like to do some more live. Uh, I want to do some more performance as well, I think. I, I just... Um, yeah, I think at some point over the Christmas time, we'll do a live. I'll do a live show, a live, a live. Uh, okay, so a stream, right? Okay, performance. Yeah, but you know, without talk, just all music sort of thing, uh, or oh, something appro- a- approaching music. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely will do stuff, and I do intend to be a little bit more regular. But yes, yeah, so tonight though, I haven't a foggiest what I'm going to do, but I'm going to figure something out, and it's going to be thrilling and. In- and captivating and excellent and that's where you can find it at gaz yeah. williams youtube uh well lovely yes. gaz uh, and if i don't see you before have a have a wonderful festive well restive festive um as i like to call it or a, whatever yeah. I, i'll call it maybe see you I next week who knows it's all up yeah. in the air but lovely nice nice to see you and uh, robin are, are you about to hold up some um, remarkable um amusing delivery like <laughs> a, a nine foot soft toy or something no or a, a... <laughs> no nothing of the sort it was taken care of oh so, i'm glad yeah, to hear it fine. so um well thanks for joining us robin um what's what's next you're welcome. You, you, you said you're doing the the um the bullfrogs coming out uh before christmas is that your plan uh yeah i'm uploading it after i've done this and um i think it's supposed to be out i think i'm probably not supposed to talk about it who knows it's i think it's out thursday or friday um i'm doing a bit of a a, a coordinated thing with erica so uh so yeah oh, that'll okay. be out by the end of the week i'm gonna hope to squeeze in a quick video about some more desktop stands you know the excitement and the glamour never ends and you know what my next project desktop. what yeah Desktop, desktop stand. There was a st- desktop stand story on Sonic like, a couple of weeks ago, and it was the biggest, it was the most popular story. <laughs> so don't knock them. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, it's probably all involved in that story. Yeah. Can I yeah. ask? Can I ask you about the bullfrog? Because every time I go into elevator sand yeah. in Bristol, there's a there's a bullfrog there, and I just can't. I'm just so drawn to it. It's such a chunky, mm. solid. Uh, I haven't really played with the sound of it very much, but my question would be, um, like, does the oscillator and the filter, I, I mean, are, do they sound, re- is it, does it sound really good? Do the basic building blocks, um, is it a really good sounding synth? Yes, I would say. I mean, it's 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 basic because it's designed to be so. So you have, so it doesn't have a whole lot of, of frills, but there are little bits which, uh which make it because it has it's in danger of being a little bit boring because it just has the the, you know the basic things to create a synth voice um but it it manages to not be because first of all it's it sounds really nice it's very very smooth uh all the way around uh both the the oscillator and the filter um they work very well so it's there's no compromise in that aspect um but then it's got uh shaping on the sine wave as well as the pulse wave so you've got sort of double pulse width modulation um you've got a sample and hold circuit which works really well with its it's got uh, a noise generator in there that you can pull from and it's also got a, a divider which lets you divide down um an octave on say the sine wave so you can put in a, a lower octave with the pulse wave and mix that back in so it's got some some sneaky ways of patching in um, a lot more interest and it also has a delay circuit as well which i think is always worthwhile to put some yeah. kind of effect in there because that gives it a, just a little bit of difference so there's there's enough i mean it's 
uh, I mean, it's like, I guess it's, it's sonically as powerful as a mother 32, those sorts of, along those sorts of lines, yeah. I think. Um, but you really benefit from the size of it because it, it feels like you're at this massive console. And I think that really adds to it rather than feeling that you're fiddling around or trying to get in amongst patch cables. It's just an open, clear uh, space. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're yeah. a real synth head, it's not going to keep you entertained forever, but certainly for a beginner, it's fantastic because the, the document going into the full thing now, but yeah, no, it sounds, uh, it sounds good. It sounds, uh, decent. The, the oscillator is, is excellent, but you can't expect too much, um, of the of the more esoteric side of things it's very straightforward very foundational and makes some nice bleeps and i got hopefully lots of sound examples in what i was playing with plus my own patches nice of course there we go there we go sell, Excellent. sell these i think yeah. it's really funny to think if you were doing a gig and you were ch you know every, every song changing patches pulling one of them out and putting another one in <laughs> yeah. it is and you can hot swap it as well and that's quite exciting you can though that's cool Oh, I, Nate, I've, Nate, got, yeah. I've, I've just got gas for it, I think. I just don't need it. I've got tons of subtractive synths, but yeah, it's just the way it looks. It's just like, oh, lovely. <laughs> mm. Well, I hope, uh, well, maybe Santa will be uh, will be bringing you something. Who knows? It's hard Ooh. to know. Uh, well, anyway, thank you very much. Well, yeah, not me. Uh, thank <laughs> you very much, folks. It's been lovely to have you. I also want to say thanks to everybody in the chat room. I think it's uh, Inky Cat's birthday on... Uh, on Sunday, happy birthday to you, Inky, and uh, nice to see Technomatic, uh, even though he turned up late. I mean, you know, jobs do get in, in the way of this sort of thing. But yeah, folks, thanks ever so much. Uh, have a great week, and we'll see you all next time. Don't forget, Gaz is streaming later after this, so go and watch that too. We'll see you all next time. Thanks very much. Bye-bye now.